glory. I want y'all to understand something. You know how when you go to a doctor's office and you have to tell that doctor what's going on with you in order for them to give you the right medication. Is that not right? I have learned that we have medication which comes from the word of God. And I think the problem with us taking God's medication is not tangible to us. The way when we go to a doctor and they write the prescription and we get excited because we're saying we're getting something to help us feel better. And let me tell you what's happening right then and there. We get the medication and our mindset change because we say, I'm going to feel better when I take it. But you're actually feeling better before you take it because you had a change of mind. I want you to grab hold to it. See, this is what the enemy does. He messes with your mind. So when you start thinking a certain thing, that's what you, where your mind is going to go. So when man say, you okay, I don't care if you're on your dying bed, you jump up, you okay. But when God said, trust me, I already healed you, then we lay there still in our pain. Something's wrong with that. Because the word of God says that God's word is your medicine. And if we take his medicines three times a day, before we even get into the word, we're supposed to know it worked even before we get into it. What's wrong with the body of Christ? We're not taking our medication. This medicine brings life. The Bible said that the word of God will quicken you and it will bring life unto you. But you got to want it. You got to want to take what's already been prescribed. See this right here. It ain't no um, side effects. The only side effect you're going to get through this right here. You might get a little shaking every now and then. But this right here won't give you no side effects except side effects from the Holy Ghost where you begin to laugh, where you begin to cry, where you begin to leap, where you begin just to give him glory. Those are your side effects because you know that it's already worked. So even before you get in here, you should be doing some jumping, some screaming, some shouting and say, wait a minute, I'm getting ready to go to the good book. So you're getting happy because you know what's already been prescribed and is already at work. Amen. When we think about that more than we think about what we're going through, there's a quickening that comes upon us. And that quickening brings us life, y'all. So I'm telling you something. If you're not in the word, I advise you to get into the word because we're living in a time right now. That man is trying to figure it out. They're trying to add stuff to stuff. They're trying to take away stuff from stuff. Have you noticed even with your food now, they're having so much recalls on food. Every week you see a recall on something that we've been eating for so long and didn't know what was in it. But it's because of his grace. It is because of his mercy. And it's because we bless our food. We give God thanks for our food. Some people tell me, I don't need to bless my food. The Bible says that if you pick up any deadly thing, (laughs) it won't harm you. But when you know something wrong with it and you go try to eat it, I'll see you at your funeral. (laughs) Only thing I'm saying is we got to trust God. 
We got to learn how to trust him more than we trust in things that's going on around us. Amen. Amen. This is what God is wanting. And I know God is speaking in this room for a reason because the woman with the issue of blood, the Bible says that she went through all her money. She saw all the physicians that she could see. And finally it clicked. Nobody can help me but God. And guess what? God didn't even get mad because God was ready to help her before she went. But God never gives up on you even when we give up on him. God is patiently waiting to give us what we need even when we don't know we need it. Is that not a loving father? He's patiently waiting. Right where are you standing? Because some of you right now are just standing because of what you're going through in your body. Because of what you're going through in your mind. But God said healing is here. The prescription that you need is right in the midst of you. Because the words say by Jesus stripes. You are already healed. The Bible says healing is the children's bread. The Bible say he sent his word. And he's already healed you and delivered you from your destruction. So if the Bible said that he took your infirmities and he bore your sicknesses, that means that you don't have to take it. So right now in the midst of this room, I command healing from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. I say be healed and be made whole in Jesus name. Now I say pain, bow down. In Jesus' name. All pain in the midst of this room, go in the name of Jesus. Now I speak to every tissue, every organ, every cell, every gland, every vital sign, every muscle, every tendon, every bone, every joint in your body. And I say, be healed, be made whole. Function the way God has created you to function. There is no malfunction in you. In Jesus' name. God, we thank you. God said we can decree and declare a thing and it shall be established. I speak all swelling and joints. Go right now. In the name of Jesus. God, we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. That is all ready to. We're not looking for it to be done. It's done. You know why it's done? Because God said it is done. And if he say it is done, it is done. Look at your neighbor and say, it's recovering time. Say, it's recovering time. Say, it's recovering time. Oh, we honor God in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is just so good. Patricia, can you come up here for me? I'm going to tell you what I was seeing the Lord do. I was seeing all coming down from heaven and meeting you right where you are. So, Father, I thank you that this all from the top of her head to the soles of her feet run through her body and Jesus name and it be a purifier in the name of Jesus. It be a cleansing in Jesus name. 
God, I thank you for cleansing. I thank you for purifying. In Jesus' name, God, you came to set the captives free. And now I apply the blood of Jesus in the name of Jesus. And I say total healing. In Jesus' name, God, we give you glory. We give you honor and we give you praise. And we thank you that it's done in the name of Jesus. I'm going to tell y'all something. God is so good. And if we would take him at his word. And the reason why we don't take him at his word, I'm going to be honest, because we don't believe it. When you take something, you're taking it because you believe it's going to work. How do you know a Tylenol is going to work? Because man says so. You don't even know what's in it. But because this is what they said, that's what you come to believe. What if you had no Tylenol? What if you had no medication in your house? What would you do? What if they made none of those things no more? What would you do? What if, this, what if the word was the only thing we had? What would you do? You would really apply this word to every given situation because that's all you have. But you know what's wrong with us? We got so much going on around us, we pick and choose. And we leave the main ingredient out. We leave it out. We leave the word out because, to be honest, we go to the first thing that give us a quick fix. That's just a quick fix. It don't last. Because you cover up, really, where the root is. If you don't know what the root is and what's causing, what's, what's happening to you, you're going to keep taking and taking and taking and taking. And then once your body get used to it, it rejects it. Now you got to go to something that's stronger. Then once your body get used to that, then they say, we don't have nothing else. We gave you the strongest thing that we can give you for what you have. Come on, y'all. Let's lose our heads. Then you get reaction from all of that. Now you live a messed up. But with this word, it will restore. It will replenish. It will revive. It will do exactly what it says. Amen. So for some reason, God needed that in this room. We have to understand that we put first things first. The word is first. Hear what the word has to say, because sometimes you can grab hold of something that God didn't tell you to, and it'll take you out of here. The Bible said we put no trust in no man. Our trust is supposed to be in God. So we have to go to God for God to tell us what we need to do, who we need to go to, because if you go outside of him, you can get yourself in a mess. Amen. Let's open our Bibles and get ready for this word. Isaiah 14. Isaiah 14, I want to begin at verse 12 and I'm going to end at verse 15. This is a familiar passage. Isaiah 14, verse 12 through 15. And we know Isaiah was a prophet and he's speaking on God's behalf. And this is what Isaiah was saying concerning Lucifer, which is known now as Satan. He said in verse 12, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? 
For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. I want to talk on um, this afternoon on getting past you. Getting past you. And God is bringing this in the house because we've been talking about the love of God. And we're going to have some more of that in, in this teaching but we have to understand, when we understand God's love and we understand how much God loves us, it will cure everything that we go through. So when you know his love, you can get through everything that you're going through. So we have to know his love in order to even be productive in the body of Christ. In order for us to love one another, we have to first know that he loved us. Even for us to love ourselves, we have to know about the love of God. Because some of us can't even love other people because we don't love ourselves. Because we're not satisfied with the way God created us. We think we should have had less of, um, less of things and more of things. Some of us think I should have been a little bigger. Some of us think I should have been a little slimmer. Some of us think I should have been a little lighter. Some of us think I should have had this, that, or the other. But you are fearfully and you are wonderfully made. You are the way that God has created you to be. So if you cannot love yourself, then you don't recognize the love of God. And I think I'm still talking about getting past you. We can't even get past us so we can know the love of God. That's what's keeping us from knowing his love is getting past us. And the problem with us is we look at other people and then we begin to mimic ourselves by how they look, how they talk, how they walk, how they act. And then we begin to say to our own self, self, you need to be like that. So you got to get past you and get into the word of God and know who God has created you to be and not worry about how somebody else is. So that's the problem that is in the body of Christ. We can't get past us to do what God has called us to do. Because when we try to get past us, we come right back to who we are. Not in Christ, but who we want to be. And this is what this scripture is saying. This is um, Lucifer. And we know Lucifer, he was in heaven with God and he was very beautiful. But he got so stuck on himself. And if you see in this verse, it said, for thou hast said in thine heart. He didn't say this openly. This is what he was saying to himself. He was building himself up on the inside and it became a part of him. He kept saying it within himself. He was going to ascend above God. He was going to be like God. He was going to sit on the throne of God. He kept saying it inside. And as he kept saying it on the inside, it began to project itself on the outside. You don't even have to open your mouth, but when you begin to think a certain way on the inside, you're going to project that on the outside with not even saying it. You can look at a very arrogant person. They're so arrogant, they only have to open up their mouth. They feel like when I walk in the room, all attention is on me. I know you're looking at me because I look good. That's, that's pride, and this is what he was portraying. He was portraying pride. So when you build yourself up in a certain area, you don't even have to say nothing because a spirit knows a spirit. 
When you think you look good, you, you get so arrogant, you don't even care if people tell you you look good because you know deep down inside that you look good. And when you're wearing clothes like that, you will get followers. How do you think Satan got followers right up there in heaven? Because he was assured that he looked good. He was assured that he was better than the rest of them up there in heaven. He was assured that I'm going to have God's position. He was so sure of it. God say, I'm sure of this. I'm kicking you out of heaven. See, this is what you have to understand. The things that you're so sure of, you don't need no convincing. Can I get an amen? Anybody in the room, when you get sure in an area, you don't need to tell nobody your hair look good, your nails look good, your toes, even down to the toes. You don't have to have nobody to tell you you look good because you know you look good. So it don't matter no more your pride for self. You don't need no help with nobody telling you nothing because you in position now. See, getting past you. And the Lord began to show me this illustration this morning. When he was talking about getting past you, he said, you've been with you so long. And he was showing me this. He said, even in the womb, it was you. The mother had to nourish you. The mother had to eat right stuff for you to be, you know, whom you need to be when you come out that womb. For everything to work in you, she had to watch what she was eating. Then he said, when you come out of the womb, you, it was still you. You come out hollering. They have to make sure that that baby is hollering to make sure that baby all right. So that baby come out wah, wah, wah all the time. So the baby has needs. So it's still about that baby. So the mother and the father know the cries of the baby, especially the mother. So they know it's time for the baby to eat. The baby is wet. The baby is sick. Getting past you. So growing up, it was all about you. And then as you got older, it really became about you because through the years, you only thought about you. And see, that comes from your upbringing, how you raise. If your parents never told you after you got over your hollering um, spasm, sometimes they will tell you even while they're holding you, it ain't about you. I'm going to feed you when I get ready to feed you. I'm going to make sure you eat. I'm going to make sure you change. But when I lay you down, It is about me now. It ain't about you. Because a baby will wear you out. If you don't get them on a particular schedule, they're going to always make it about them. Pick me up. Put me down. Hold me. Don't they change me. Feed me. Don't you see I'm sick? That reminds me of my little granddaughter. I think I told you this before. Her mom was telling her to get ready for school. And kept telling her and kept telling her. And finally, it wasn't no more mommy. She said, Quisha, can't you see I'm sick? <laughs> so what am I saying? She was making it again, me. Can't you see I'm sick? But a mother knows the child, whether they're sick or whatever. So this is what I'm saying. It always come back to us. We've been knowing me, myself, and I so long. That's the toughest person to get over. You can get over a heartache with a man or woman or whatever, but you never get over you because it always come back to you. They hurt me. They done this to me. Why didn't you give me what you gave them? Why didn't you come see me like you went to see them? Why didn't you eat with me? Why, 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 why don't you love me the way you need to love? It's all about who? Me. So guess what? The Satan syndrome is in the house. 
It's in the house. Because even coming into the house of God, we make it about us. If you don't want to sing today, I don't want to sing. If I don't want to come to church, I ain't coming to church. Who is it about? Me. It's all about you. And the enemy knows this, and this is why we have to get past us in order to do what God has called us to do. And God's going to let you know today how to get past you. Look at your neighbor. Say, it ain't about you. Say, it's not about you. Say, for real, it's not about you. Have you ever been in a place, I'll use me and my husband, if my husband got something to do, I'll say, well, what about this right here? What about me? What about you, man? <laughs> and then we try to figure out, well, let me tell you what about me. I got this to do and I got that to do. But how about what about him? But what he has, the Holy Ghost to check you. Sometimes we want all our stuff done and out the way. And then the husband out there slaving and we sitting down. This is the truth. We want them to do like we want them to do. We want them to get done what we want them to do so we don't have to do it. And then we come and sit down and we watch them catch up what they got to do and still bother them. Getting past you. It's time for the body of Christ to get past you in order for God to manifest in our lives. God cannot manifest, he said, because you in the way and you don't want to move you. Here go another saying, if I don't do it, who else is going to do it? You sure ain't going to do it. Right back to you. Come on, let's listen at our conversations with getting past us. It started with Lucifer in heaven. And he got thrown out of heaven. Oh, there you go. This is why you're not receiving from God because you're making it about yourself. That's being prideful. And then God began to tell me, quit idolizing yourself. Sometimes we don't even realize how we idolize ourselves. Let me tell you how we idolize ourselves. I'm going to help you with that. Because you're trusting in you more than you're trusting in God. That's idolizing yourself. You have made you an idol. Uh Uh-oh. Because we think we can do it better than God. This is what Satan was doing right here. He was saying, I, 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 I. It was all about him. He had built himself up in such a place that he forgot that God is king of kings. That God is Lord of lords. He was putting himself above God. He said, I will be like the most high God. That was, that's who he felt like he was. So he got kicked out, but he still had a plan. And that plan went right into the Garden of Eden because they had everything that they needed. We cannot get past us to the point of seeing we got everything we need because we always want more. It's right here in the Garden of Eden. I don't care if you get the bestest. I'm going to say the bestest. Car around. And you know you got the best. Somebody come up with a little teeny car with an anointing on it and you want that car. I'm going to help you out. You got the bestest car around. Paid the bestest money for it. And you know you got it. You ain't found one like it around. Soon as somebody pull up in a little coop, coop, little teeny car, and that thing is shining and glowing, all of a sudden, I want one of them. Back to you again. Never satisfied. 
So that's what the enemy was um, doing in the Garden of Eden. They had everything. God had fixed the Garden of Eden with nothing missing, nothing broken. Come on, y'all. They had the peace of God there. They had the love. They had the joy. Everything they needed was right there in that garden. But Satan come in and use what God had created to take them out of their position. Won't he do it? He used you, y'all. He used God creation to get what he's done. I want y'all to focus on this. Everything that was created was created by God. But evil came into the world and corrupted his creation. But who created it? God. So what the enemy does, he used God's creation against God. And this is what's happening to us today. When he come into the Garden of Eden, what was happening, that was paradise there. They had everything. So he said, I'm going to have to use something against them. And what he used was a word from God. God told him, everything in this garden, you can eat freely. But from this tree, of knowledge of good and evil, don't touch it. Don't, he didn't say don't touch it. He said don't eat it. But guess what happened? The enemy said, that's what I'm going to focus on. I'm going to focus on what he told you not to do. So what did he do? Y'all know he came and he tempted Eve. And he began to say, did God really say? So what was he doing? Turning them against God. He had to turn them against God. So what he did, he had her to focus on something that God told her not to eat. And the Bible said that he told her, when you eat from this tree, you will be like God. Come on, go back to Isaiah 14. He said, I want to be like the most high God. The only way he could do it was to come in on us. Because God has given us the authority here on earth. So the only way Satan can get what he need to get is through us. So he's going to use what God told you not to do against you. So what did she do? She ate from that tree. Who was she making it about? Her. And then when she made it about her, she made it about her husband. She offered her husband some. And how many know, men, that if you don't take what your wife is offering you, then they're going to take something from you. So you'd rather just go ahead and eat what they're giving you. Oh, y'all quiet, right? Y'all know y'all do that to keep a woman silent. <laughs> y'all give them what they want so they'll leave you alone even though you don't want to do it. I'm going to do it to have peace. Come on, somebody. I'm going to do it to have peace in this house. Because if I don't do it, it won't be no peace. So I'm going to go ahead and do it. And I'm going to tell it's good when it's nasty. Because I'm going to go to sleep tonight. A woman will nag you all night. Right when you think you're sleeping good. They're going to wake you up and start off from where they left off. And make sure you stay up to hear what they got to say. Because it's about me. You don't consider my feelings. You don't know how I feel. You don't know what I've been through today. Look at what I'm going through. What about me? How can you go to sleep? Manny, you can smile. It's all right. Manny just shaking his head and looking up. This is what's happening. Come on, let's be real. We're still making it about us. Let me get on the single people. You ain't got nobody laying beside you, so you still going through with you. Why did you do that? Why did you say that? Why did you eat that? You still making it about you. It all goes back to me, 
myself and I. This is why we have to stay in the word of God to get over us. This is the only way you get over you is through the word of God. You can't even miss a day in the word because you will rise back up again. Come on, one night with the king, it may change you at that moment. But once that one night is over, you're going to start doing the same thing that you want to do. Until that root is uprooted out of you. So God said we have to get past us. You have to get past me, myself, and I. So it started with the Garden of Eden and how they began to look at things outside of the way God has set up things for them on the earth. God wanted them to see spiritually, but the enemy wanted them to see naturally. When we look at things naturally, that's looking at the things the way the world wants us to see them. Then God began to uh, show me this in Genesis 11. God will show you stuff in the word of God. He will shut you up when you start complaining to make you think it's all about you. It ain't about you. So when we look at 11, Genesis 11, look at this. Verse 3, and they said one to another, go, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make us a name, lest we be scattered above upon the face of the whole earth. Who was it about? Us. They were making it about them. They want to make a tower that reached up to heaven. See, the plan of the enemy is he want to be exalted. He want to sit upon the throne of God. Do you know that we elevate him by our complaining? We elevate him by having offense. We elevate him by not forgiving. We elevate him when it comes to sin. This is why when things come in our lives, we say, uh-uh, it ain't about me today. It's all about him. That's why I always quote, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who live in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the son of God who loved me and who died for me. You have to remind yourself every day, it's not about me. It's not about how I feel. It's all about what he has done on my behalf. And when we keep renewing our mind with that, we can get over us. But it takes y'all every day, every minute, every second, every hour to really get over us. And then when we think we got over us, something else, come on. Something else always pop up and it brings it back to me, myself, and I. Then the Lord began to show me this. Go with me to 1 Samuel, the ninth chapter. Making it about us. Tell your neighbor you'll learn something if you wake up. I need to start saying, I want everybody to stand until I finish. I have some people rocking. Listen at 1 Samuel 8 and verse 4. Let's start at verse 3, 1 Samuel 8, verse 3. And this is talking about Eli, is it? No, this is talking about Samuel and his sons. And his sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside at the ludicre and took bribes and perverted judgment. Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel unto Ramah. 
and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. Now look at this. They had a king. His name was King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But now, and, and, and it looked like they had a reason for this because Samuel's sons were doing stuff outside of the will of God. So they're going to come to Samuel and say, make us a king so we can be like the other nations. See, that's what the world does. We today have king of kings and lord of lords, but we're still trying to do what the world does. So we're rejecting God. We're saying that God is not enough. Even in the midst of everything that we go through, when we reject him, we're saying we're allowing Satan to take his place. That's what the enemy wants. And this is what God told Samuel. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Samuel, hearken unto the voice of the people and all that they say unto thee. For they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me that I should not reign over them. This is what's happening to us. When we make it about us, when we make it about what we want and how we want things to be, then we're rejecting God's way of doing and God's way of being. And when God showed me that, when we go into whining and complaining and and don't go into the word of God to see what God wants for us, we're rejecting him and we're doing things the way the world does things. But when we go into the word of God and see how God does things and we act accordingly, then we're not making it about us. We're making it about God. So the enemy want us to make it about us because when we make it about us, we're leaving God out. We're rejecting God. When God showed me that, I said, ooh, shut my mouth. Because sometimes we get in a place that we always talking about why is this going on or why is that going on? Why I got to go through this? Why I got to go through that? When we are saved, y'all, we are saints. We are part of the kingdom of God. And instead of us whining and complaining, we need to give God glory and say, God, I don't understand what I'm going through, but you know all things. And I know that you have already helped me to get through what I'm going through. I don't like it, but God, I'm going to give you glory because I already know I have gotten through it. You ain't rejecting him. You exalting him for who he is and when we start doing that we will do things differently and it won't be about us no more when your money get a little funny say God my money is a little funny but God you own everything you own what cattle on a thousand hills though I look like I only have five God in the spiritual bank I have more than enough so I'm gonna give you glory for what I do have Because it ain't about me, God, because this is the day that you have made. Let me, let us rejoice and be glad in it. God, you made all grace abound towards me in this day. So I will have all sufficiency and all things to abound to every good work. So God ain't about me. It's about what you have already done. This is what we need to do. When we look at us all the time, we need to go in the word and say, let me see what you already done. Not what you're going to do. Y'all got to understand, it ain't something he's going to do. It's what he's already done. So, God, I'm going to go look at this road map. I'm going to go search out this word and see what you already done on my behalf. And I'm going to glorify you for what you already done. So then we take it off of us and we put it back on him. Because our focus is supposed to be on him. And the more you focus on a thing, the more that thing becomes a part of you. 
And when we take our focus off God and put it on ourselves, we become self-righteous. There goes self again, saying this is what I got to do in order for God to do something. I'm here to tell you, you don't have to do nothing. God's already done it. You just need to get you out the way and allow God to manifest himself through you. So we see they wanted another king, and God was their king. They wanted to be like everybody else. I'm going to go here. The Holy Spirit is reminding me of this. When you have a place that you're getting taught the word of God, you're getting fed the word of God, you're getting everything that you need from the word, and all of a sudden somebody come up to you and say, this is what our church is doing. This is what we do. We have these meetings. We have that meeting. You know, we go out and do this. We go out and do that. And then all of a sudden, you will come back to me and say, Pastor, Apostle, why we don't do this? Well, why we don't do that? Then you'll be talking to other members and say, this is what we need to do. I don't do what everybody else do. I do what the word tells me to do. And see, when you get your mind on doing what everybody else is doing, you're rejecting what God has already done. God always gives the person that he puts over the congregation a vision. And that vision is going to line up with his kingdom. And whatever he tells that person to do, that's what that person is going to do. But just like them, they were rejecting Samuel. They were rejecting God because they was looking at everybody else. So they want to be like everybody else. Come on, y'all. It's in the house. It's in the church. Well, they doing this up in there. They doing that up in there. Well, maybe if we do this, how about this? Let's do what God say. I'm not going outside of what God say. Because let me tell you something. When you getting fed and you getting good manner from heaven, it means more than a concert. When you got people in there that don't know God, it means more than just having all of this and shimmer, shimmer, shimmer everywhere. When you getting the word, that shimmer don't last, but the word lasts. So while they're shimmering and doing what they're doing, then you would be the one ministering to them while they're laying down and can't get up. Because the word will keep you if you want to be water possible. If you want to be kept, we got people are basing, well, you got to have this member of people in your congregation. No, I got to have what God want me to have. Oh, it's quiet. See, we do what God want us to do according to his word. This is what they were doing. They were looking at everybody else and they say, this is what I supposed to be doing. I got some, something to tell y'all. I ain't Joyce Myers. I ain't Paula White. I sure ain't Juanita Bynum. I am who God has called me to be. And I'm not going to be whom he have not called me to be because whatever he anointed them to do, that's what they're going to do. Whatever he anointed me to do, that's what I'm going to do. So I ain't going to try to reject him just to be like somebody else. When you get over you, God can manifest himself in your life. Y'all, it ain't about us. It's all about him. You got to die to self. Self got to die daily. Come on, the pressures of life that hit you. Don't you know that God had to say, take your mind off of the cares of this world. Put your mind on what I have already done. He said, I give you every day your daily bread. Do y'all believe that? Every day, God has already prepared what you need for that day. Only thing you got to do is say, Lord, I thank you 
that you have already made preparation for the day that I'm in. Because let me tell you something. You cannot make preparations by your bank account. Somebody, you couldn't live off of it tomorrow. Let's just be honest. Let's just tell the truth. That's why we get scared and fearful because we look at our bank account today and say, Lord, how am I going to make it tomorrow? Ain't that right? That's why the just live by faith, not by you. So you got to get past you when the bank account looking funny. I can't go on that bank, God, so I'd rather stay over here with you. Because if you look at your bank, you'll be sick, you'll be weak, you'll be angry, you'll be cussed somebody out. Come on, I'm going to help you. Y'all, I'm trying to help you out. People have the most anger due to money. When a person don't have enough money, they don't talk right no more. They don't act right no more. Don't want to eat with you no more. Because their money acting funny. You still on you. You still trying to fix it. You still trying to figure out a way how to get more money. And then you got a bank up here in heaven that's overflowing. That have given you everything you need for that day. But you saying, it ain't tangible, God. I need the money in my hand. So as soon as somebody give you a hundred, you get a little smile. A hundred dollar bill go like this. Hundred dollar bill ain't nothing no more. Don't get nobody a five. You just get. This is what you get. What I supposed to do with that? This is what happens in the world today, y'all. Our happiness is based on how much we have. The more that we have, the happier we get. We talk more. We invite people to go out more. Why don't you invite somebody out with $5 and see what God tell you? This minister was saying that him and his wife, they got married. They were um, saved and everything, but they didn't have what they needed. And what God is teaching y'all, I'm I'm giving you this um, illustration because it's a part of the teaching. What God was teaching them, and I didn't see it till after he got finished. He was saying that, they, he looked in the refrigerator, there wasn't enough food in the refrigerator, nothing in the cabinets and everything, and they were hungry, and he just married this woman, and he was excited about Jesus. But all of a sudden, he began to be discouraged because he didn't have nothing. They just got married. So he sat there, and the Lord told him, he said, go shopping, get your grocery. So he didn't tell his wife. She knew he had no money. But they went to the grocery store, and they're putting stuff in the buggy and everything. And they got up to the register, and his wife looked at him and said, um, I want to ask you a question. Do you have any money? He said, no. She said, I'll see you in the car. <laughs> so he told her, he said, uh-uh, we're one. We're going to do this together. I'm trusting God. I'm just doing what God told me to do. Now, they're up to the register, y'all, getting ready to check out. This man has no money. So the next thing you know, this gentleman comes through the door and this gentleman walks up to him and asks him, was his name so-and-so? He said, yes, my name is so-and-so. He said, well, God told me to come meet you at this store and he placed money in his hand. He paid for his grocery, had more left over, and he looked at his wife and he said, if I had known this, I would put more in the bag. <laughs> but he still, what, what am I saying? He had to get over him. He had to get over how he felt and how he didn't have no money and he had to trust the world. What am I saying to y'all today? If you don't get over you, you're going to miss God. We don't want to get over us. The only thing we 
say? If man say yes, hooray. If man say no, God. Why is it God outside of man? It should be God before man. So God is saying you got to get over you. You got to get past you. And God said you can't even receive my love. Until you get over you, how you feel, what you going through. There's not a person in this place, I believe today, that's not going through something. I don't care how little it is, you going through something. But sometimes we don't realize that there's other people going through more than what we're going through. So that would help us to set down ourselves, put ourselves aside and say, God, I may be going through this, and in my eyes, it may seem big, but there's somebody out there that's worse than me, that can't, can't talk, can't walk, can't even get off the bed, can't even work, God. Wonder where their next meal is going to be. And I got food in the house, got clothes on my back, shoes on my feet, got a vehicle to drive, and here I am complaining, God, because this situation is in my life. God, if you brought me from over here to over here, God, you still God, so I'm going to still give you glory. That's getting over us. We got to get past us. I remember, I'm going to tell this story of my husband because the Holy Spirit reminded me of it. When we were dating, God have a way of setting stuff up for you in the future. Sometimes we don't understand how he set us up. I remember we was over there in Jacksonville, and I was getting um, tires and rims for my vehicle. So my husband was with me that day, and I think he remembered this. He looking at me like, what in the world? (laughs) Anyway. Um, he was with me that day and we were dating. So they approved me for my tires and rims. They're putting it on my account. So my husband said, "Mm, I'm going to get me some, get me some tires and rims. You remember now? Hey, you remember now? So I said, "Uh uh-huh. Okay. So my husband don't understand about how credit is established, right? Even though he had a good paying job, you got to have still some credit, right? So my husband went up there and they denied him. He come to me, y'all and say, why they give it to you? No, he told the man, why you give her that and I make more than her? Well, I see how you feel about me. I was mad. I was hot that day. I'm like, why you go to that man and put me like, do me like that? Well, I don't understand why he give you credit and I make more than you. That's what he told me. He was kind of upset about that thing. But who was he making it about? Himself. But see, he didn't understand what God was doing, y'all. See, sometimes we don't understand what God is doing, but later on in the future, you will understand. Let me tell you where the understanding was coming in at. We were dating then. God was getting him to a place to take us where God was going to take us when we got married. Now, being that he couldn't get the credit when we were dating, guess what? When we got married and needed a home, they rejected me and gave him credit that didn't ever have. Is that not God? Now he understands. And I remember when we was going to get the house, the Lord told me, he said, the home is going to be in your husband's name. I'm like, what? I was like, huh? The man that they rejected and didn't get, okay, God, if you say this. So I told him, I said, the home going to be in your name. He said, what? <laughs> I said, that's what God is saying. So we go fill out all our paperwork, y'all. And the funny thing was, 
the Lord told me, he said, this is what's going to happen. I told him beforehand. The lady called me on my job, and she said, Miss Brown, I got some good news and bad news. I said, what is it? She said, first of all, you got some unpaid medical bills, and you can pay off those medical bills, and we can put you on the house with your husband, but we can just put it in his name, and you'll be on the deed. It'll still be yours. I said, do what you got to do. I'm still up there. Don't make me no never. See how God set up things. But what if I had to say, hold up, wait a minute. You're going to put me on that house. I would have made it about who? It ain't about me. It's all about his. Y'all better hear me. It's all about what he want to do and how he want to do it. And I feel like some people pride set in because some people feel like, well, if I ain't going on no house, we ain't getting no house. But it's mine either way. See, you got to understand God's way of doing things. And when we do things outside of God's way, we're looking at our way. That's self-righteous again. God said, when you get out of the way, I can move. God said, when you get out of the way, my healing will manifest. When you get out of the way, my prosperity will manifest. When you get out of the way, you will see me more than you see you. But if you don't get out of the way, you will never see me. And you'll still look to other things. Getting out of the way of us, y'all, is hard, isn't it? Because when you're so used to doing things a certain way, you want to do it that way. And I'm going to tell you why. Because pride. Pride is the number one killer in the church of God. Because people are so prideful. It's my way or the highway. If you don't do it like I say do it, then it won't get done. And I'm not going to help you get it done. That's pride. And where pride is, there is a fall. This is why God said when you humble yourself, who did he say got to do it? God didn't say God. God said when you humble yourself up under, God's up here, we're up under him. Up under the mighty hand of God, you will be exalted in due season. He was talking that. In the book of Peter, 1 Peter 5, the reason why he was talking to the elders, he would say, younger, submit yourself to the elders. And then he said, submit yourself one to another. And then when you do that, you're showing humility. And when you show humility, you're humbling yourself up under the mighty hand of God, and you will be exalted in due season. God know when we need to be exalted. He know where he's taken us. And when we go outside of the will of God, guess what? We get tied up in stuff that we got to go through before we can get where God is carrying us. Humility is saying, God, what would you have me to do today? How would you have me to do it? When would you have me to do it? That's why the Bible says those, there's a category, those that wait Upon the Lord, he shall, he didn't say you, he said he shall renew your strength and then you shall what? What'd he say? What'd he say? But mount up comes from waiting. If you ain't waiting, you ain't going to mount up. He said you're going to mount up with wings as an eagle. You shall run and not be weary. You shall walk and what? Not faint. See, when we always do things God's way, we have the endurance. We have what we need to get it done. When we do it our way, what's the first thing we say? I'm just tired. I'm so tired, I can't make it. But when we do what God tells us to do, we're going on what? His strength. Because we're doing it his way and not our way. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to get you out the way. 
Come on, look at them again and say, you got to get you out of the way. And say, the only way you can do it is with the help of the Holy Spirit. And guess what? The Holy Spirit right now is grieved because he said, I can't even help you. Because you won't let you go. He said, God has given me to you to walk alongside of you, but we push him out the way because we don't want to hear what he has to say because we think we know what needs to be done. There go pride again. Y'all, we idolize ourselves so much it's a shame. We put ourselves in a place that we don't even realize we put ourselves there. And then when somebody tells you, you walking in pride, the devil is a lie. I ain't prideful. You the one prideful. There go you again. Ah, so the enemy know that he can put us in places that we don't supposed to be in. Look at how he did Jesus. When Jesus had that 40 day fast and Jesus was hungry, the enemy came at the time that he was weak. How many of y'all know the enemy come at your weakest point? When he gets you weak and gets you low, he feeds you anything. And you'll begin to believe it. You'll begin to devour it. And guess what your body do? It just flops. You lose energy. You feel like you can't make it no more. You don't want to talk to nobody. You don't want nobody around you. I'm telling you, you even have to, um, how can I put this? You are so weak just to talk make you weaker. And your stomach have knots all in it because the enemy, there's fear there. So your stomach begin to knot up. Seem like you were constipated for a long time. But during those times, you can hit the bathroom whenever you feel like it. That's because that's an irritable bowel syndrome. And it comes through worry. It comes through anxiety. It comes through stress. Then that makes you weaker because you're depleting your body of stuff that you need. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. See, y'all getting some good stuff up in here today. And you're going trying to find something to cure it. The word will cure it. He's giving you roots of what's going on with you. Come on, it starts right here in the pit of your stomach. Don't y'all know this is your inner being? That's where the enemy attack. If I can break that down, I'm going to break you. It's a lot of people up in here broken. Because of our thinking. For as a man think, so is he. Think in his heart, so is he. So does he become. So this is what the enemy does. He bring those things and he make you weak and then he feeds you anything. And then we're crazy enough to believe it. This ain't going to work for you. This is what's going to happen if you do that. You ain't never going to have enough. You better go try to get some money from somewhere. You better do this right here. You're going to die at an early age. I mean, he's bringing it on. People talking about you. They don't like you up at that church. They lying to you. At your weakest point. Then when you at your lowest point, I want to tell y'all something. God will pick you up. If you let him. He will pick you up. That's why he said, wait on me. Don't be so anxious. Don't you know God knows your time here on this earth better than anybody else? And we get so anxious because we go to man to try to figure it out or we try to figure it out ourselves to say, God, you already worked it out, so I'm going to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. So we see in the word of God for those that rejected God. We see where Adam and Eve, it started with them. Then it went on to the Tower of Babel. And God knew they were working together. They were making it about them. So what did God do? He confused their language. Then we talked about Samuel and how they was rejecting Samuel. They wanted a king. Y'all know his name was Saul. Was it Saul? Yeah. 
Saul. And what did Saul do? He disappointed them. God already told them, I'm going to give you the king, but this is what's going to happen with that king in that very same chapter. Did it not happen? They had to go through because of what they chose. When we choose outside of him, you're going to go through. Don't be saying, God, take me out of this. God said, now you got to go through it because this is what you chose. This is not what I chose for you because you could not wait on me. That's why he said, why are you waiting? Be of a good courage. He said, wait, I say, on the Lord. And when you're waiting, be of a good courage, knowing that I'm sustaining you because you have cast your burdens upon me. You're going to go through, but I'm going to sustain you while you go through. So get past who? You got to get past you. And I'm telling you, I'm going to say it again. When you've been with you so long, some people see you coming and they're cursing you out from afar. Because they know how conceited you are. They know how hateful you are. They know how prideful you are. But the ones that know God, they don't see all that. They allow the love of God to flow through them because they done got past them. And they're loving their enemies. They're blessing those who curse them. They're loving those who hurt them and hate them. And they're praying for those who despitefully use them. Why? Because they don't got past feelings. They're not worrying about how they feel no more. They're doing what the word of God say do, and that's how they're living. And some people say, didn't they hurt you? It stung me a little bit. Oh, well. For God so loved the world. He loved me. So by him loving me and I know his love, I can love them outside of how I feel. That's getting past you. The love of God will help you to get past who? You. So let me tell you something that got past themselves. We talked about the ones that wanted things because of where they were. But God began to show me Noah in the word of God and how Noah, he got past Noah. And he did what God told him to do. And God looked at Noah as being what? Righteous. Because he was in right standing with God because he took God at his word. When God give you a word, he don't just give you that word to give it to you. He give it to you because God say, this is what you need right now. This is why the Holy Spirit, when you get in trouble, he has to remind you of what God has said. Of what the word has said to bring you out of that place. So Noah heard God, and when he heard God, what did he do? He built an ark. God had given him what he needed to build that ark. But then he began to tell the other ones what God was saying. They're going to say, rain, I'm paraphrasing it. Ain't no rain coming. Because they're looking at how things was appearing to be. Who were they depending on? They were depending on themselves to save them. That's where some of us are. You're getting the good news. You're getting the gospel. Telling you what Jesus have already done. What we do. I got time. I'm enjoying life right now. I got all the time in the world. I'm young. Young people are dropping dead like flies. More than older people. The enemy is taking them out. But they say they have time. So guess what? Noah got on the boat. Took who God told him to take. And God shut the door. See that's how it's going to be at the end times. When the gospel is being preached, when the good news is being told about Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, he's bringing the good news. The good news is the kingdom, but how to get into kingdom is through Jesus Christ. He paid the price for past, present, and future sins. It's up for you to accept the price that was paid through him. Guess what? God didn't even make it about you then. Y'all don't get it? He didn't make it about you. He put all your sins on one man. He left you out of the equation in your mess. It was, it was about his son. 
His son was paying the price for redemption. He said, I can't even use you to pay the price because you're so full of sin. So I'm going to give you the final sacrifice that ain't contaminated, who knew no sin, who became sin for you so you can become the righteousness of God through him. You can't make yourself right. But through Jesus Christ, you are the righteousness of God. Through Jesus Christ, you are healed. Through Jesus Christ, you delivered. Through Jesus Christ, you set free. Through the blood that he have shed, you already have everything you need. No man, no woman, no child, no animal, no job can give you what's already given through Christ. So quit trying to get promoted. The Bible say promotions don't come. They come from God. They don't come from the east to the west. They come from God. God set you up and he put you down. So everything we need, y'all, comes from who? comes from God it don't come from us so God is telling you you couldn't even save yourself I'm gonna hit it God said you couldn't even save yourself so why are you depending on self none of us in here could do it none of us Jesus made the way for us he's the way the truth and the life he said no man come to the father except by me you got to go through Jesus Christ So don't think that you can save yourself because you can't. God made a way through his son. So we look in the word of God at Noah. We look in the word of God at Abraham. Abraham had to let go of family. He had to let go of everything and follow where God wanted him to go. And he did that. So Abraham did that. And guess what? He was blessed. Why? Because he took God at his word. Then we go in the word of God and I look at Joseph. Y'all remember Joseph. Joseph began to tell his brothers about what God's plan was for him and how they was going to bow before him. They despised Joseph, but Joseph held on to the word of God. They threw him in a pit, and I believe in that pit, I believe Joseph was scared, but he said, God, this is what you said. God, this is what you promised me. So he got out of the pit. He got sold to Potiphar. Guess what? In the house of Potiphar, he had to serve him. The wife lied on him. And I believe that even getting thrown in the prison through that lie, he still said, God, this is what you said. I'm going to stand on what you said. The Bible said that God favored Joseph everywhere he went. Everywhere you go, when you let go of you and grab hold of God, people are going to get favor through you. If you own your job, the job is favored because of who you are in him. Because God has blessed the works of your hands. And as long as you're doing it unto God without complaining, the place where you at is blessed. And they're going to see that the favor of the Lord is on you. And then they're going to give you a raise without you asking. Because they know that the work you're doing, you couldn't do all that yourself. That's when you start ministering Jesus. But Joseph got blessed, y'all, even in prison. This man was blessed. He began to tell them the dreams. He began to interpret the dreams. And he said, remember me. Come on, two years went by. He's still in the dungeon. But I believe he said, God, this is what you said. And then they put him in charge. Who does that? He in lockdown and they're going to put him in charge. Why? Because he was holding on to God and not holding on to himself. I believe at his weakest moment, he said, God, I'm getting weak right now. But God, you said, though I'm weak, you will make me strong. God, I ain't feeling good right now.
now, but you said, let the sick say that they will. God, I feel like I'm in despair right now. So I'm going to begin to talk to my soul and say, soul, why are you disquieted within me? You need to be rejoicing in what he said. Come on. I believe that's where Joseph was. Then after those two years, which was God's timing, he come out of prison because he interpreted Pharaoh's dream. And Pharaoh made him what? Was he a governor? He was right up under Pharaoh. He wasn't above him, but he was under him. And everybody had to listen to what Joseph said. Why? Because Joseph honored God more than he honored himself. So guess what? Joseph brought him out of a famine. And then this was the whole thing right here. Because of Joseph's obedience, getting self out of the way, he didn't save him. He saved the nation. And his people came and they dwelt there. And Joseph forgave the ones that done what they did to him. Why? Because Joseph said, it ain't about me. It's all about him. Y'all, God is saying, get rid of you. You will not receive what I have already provided because God is saying it over and over again. You are in the way. And when you are in the way, you can't even help yourself, more or less help nobody else. When you get you out of the way, the love of God will flow through you like a river and it will go side to side. It will go everywhere that it need to go. God will send you places to bless people that's crying out to him and you wondering why you're there. But when you get there, God say, give them this. You don't even understand. But when you open the door and say, God told me to deliver this to you today. And they just begin to fall down on their knees and begin to cry and say, now I know that is a God. What must I do to be saved? But God said, we can't get past us long enough to help somebody else. Because it's always what I need. It's always how I feel. Y'all, have you ever been in a place, you take care of one thing, another one pop up. It's like, it's like to have the heads popping up. Oh, you know how it's a game that you hit that head, did another one. Y'all see that game? Hit that head. You're doing all like this right here. Wearing yourself out. And we need to say, in the name of Jesus, all of you die. Because <laughs> we wearing ourselves out trying to hit it and think we do is, oh, I got this one. Then there's another game. Oh, come up here, Manny. Help me with this. Ricky, come up here. Help me with this. Let me see what else I can get. I might need to get Willie. Calvin, come up here. Now. This is what I'm going to do. I want y'all to watch this. Y'all face that way. Just get in the line and face that way. Mitch, get up here. I think you want to do it too. (laughs) This is what we're going to do. All right, y'all ready? You sure you're ready? Simon said, walk forward. Simon said, walk back. Simon said, go to the left. Simon said, go to the right. Simon said, go shake somebody's hand. Simon said, bow down. Simon said, get up. Simon said, walk backwards. Simon said, walk forward. Simon said, jump up and down. Simon said, do jumping jacks. Simon said, stop. Simon said, red light. Simon said, green light. 
Some say red light. Some say green light. Some say red light. Some say green light. Thank you. Thank you. You did it. Why am I? Okay, now come back. Okay, y'all have a seat. Some ladies come up here. I need four ladies. Four ladies? Four ladies? Is there any ladies in the house? Just give me four. Y'all act like y'all so scared. Four of you just line up. See, Miss Mary volunteer. Now, this is what I'm going to do. God said you're prosperous. See how slow that was? Help me, somebody. I don't prove my point. I don't prove my point. God said you healed. Y'all can have y'all can have a seat. Why is that? They didn't know what I was going to do. But guess what? Were we supposed to be? They were obedient in what? Coming up. But even when God say, I have need of you, you say, yes, Lord. But then you're trying to think, what kind of need do you have of me? So you get scared. Because <laughs> you don't know what God, gonna, especially you just put a lot of money in your bank account. So your mind on your bank account, and you're thinking, God got need of that money. I don't put na 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 I don't hear you. I don't hear you. Na 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 ain't getting none here. Na 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 na. You phase out. Because what you done done still about you. And that ain't what God is saying. But you missing what God is saying because you got your eyes on what you just done. When Simon say, people do. They even buy this, this stupid game. Come on, I done bought it, Simon said. We buy it and sit there and see who can play it the longest or who, who can beat the game. But when it comes to the word of God, say, what did God say? We looking like a deer in headlights. Or we don't want to do games that God is wanting us to participate in. But we do everything else we want to do. What best fits us. So how do I get rid of me? First of all, I got to know I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And by knowing the love of God and knowing who I am now that I'm in Christ and knowing that my body is not my own, that I was bought with a price and that my body belonged to him, it ain't up to me to decide what I'm going to do, when I'm going to do it, or how I'm going to do it. I just need to see, say yes, Lord, to what he would have me to do. And if I do that every time, things will always work out for my good. All things work together for the good, for those who love the Lord, who are called according to what? His purpose. God has a purpose for everybody in this room. And as long as we're lining up with him and not lining up with us, 
we will see more manifest in our homes, on our jobs. No matter where we go, we will bring him in on the scene because it is not about us. When you walk in your job, you say, God, it's not about me. You done blessed the works of my hands. Because you have blessed these hands, people are going to see you manifest right before their eyes. God, because you have given me the strength and the ability, I can do all things today through Christ which strengthened me. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. No weapon formed against me today shall prosper. Against this job today shall prosper. God, you put me here for a reason. So I'm going to give you glory, not for me, but for everybody that's here, God. So I thank you, God, and I say peace. Be still. In the name of Jesus, when you walk in on that job, you should know it's not you walking in. It is the presence of the Lord. You should say healing is here. Deliverance is here. You don't even have to say it out loud. Say it within yourself. So when you begin to walk, somebody go, ooh, thank you, G. What was that? You know it was him. And it wasn't you. When God say, I just want you to just touch them. Just, just, just lay your hands on them and just walk by. Just lay your hands on them. Just say, good morning. How are you? And then they began on break and sit down and say, for some reason, when she touched me, that pain left my body. Amen. See, you more heaven focused, kingdom focused than you focus. I'm going to say it again. You're more kingdom focused than you focus. When you focus on the kingdom, you do what the kingdom say. He said, I'm sending you out with power. He said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. So when you go on your job, don't even be a demon buster. Just walk in on the job and say, God, whatever demon is here, it got to bow down in Jesus' name. There's a way of working things out. And it's his way. Y'all... Until we get out the way, God can't manifest. God said we're in the way too much. We're trying to figure things out too much instead of living one day at a time. That is saying is, it's a daily walk. The word will either draw you or to drive you. I believe most church folks are driven, not drawn. They're driven out of church. Some of them are driven out of church because they don't want what's in there. But some of them are driven out of church because of us. Because we're doing things the world way instead of doing it God's way. And until we can let go of us completely, we're going to walk in selfishness. Oh, let me bind this idolizing self. It's in the room. I can do better than this one. I can do better than that. Let me show you. Oh, Pride is like this. If somebody tell you about what's going on on their job and just holding a conversation, you got to bust in on what's happening on yours. Everything somebody say, you got to bring something back because you want to be a part of that. Still making it about you. It's not about us, y'all. It's all about him. And until you die to yourself, completely die, and I'm going to close, not let the Holy Spirit take me further. But I'm going to say this. Do y'all remember in the word those that are in the word? Where Jesus come into town. And before he come into town, God had to prepare Jesus before he can even preach or proclaim. He prepared him by he was baptized with the Holy Ghost. 
He was full of the Holy Spirit. And when he came, he had to go through testing first. Jesus didn't even start preaching before he was tested. Some people are preaching and never been tested. But they think they know everything. That's why you don't put novice behind the pulpit. Because a novice will have you stirred up and they laid out somewhere. But a person that's been tested and tried, they'll hold on. Regardless of what's going on. So Jesus had to be tested in that wilderness. And he was tested at his weakest point. And the Bible said that the devil tested him with the very thing that he needed was bread. But Jesus knew his father. Jesus didn't do nothing, not unless the father told him to do it. He spoke as the father told him to speak. He said, man don't live by what? But by what? That proceeded by the what? Is that how we supposed to live? Is that what the word is saying? Then why are we looking for substance? Why are we looking for something when the word is telling us man don't live by bread alone? There's a physical and there's a supernatural. Then he going on getting tempted. And what did the devil say? He did all the temptation. He said, if you bow down and worship me, Jesus wouldn't bow down, would he? Because he knew God is the only God that I'm going to bow down to. God is the only God I'm going to serve. What else did he use? Took him on top of a high pinnacle. Tell him, look around at all these kingdoms. I give you all of this if you worship me. Jesus wouldn't do it. But I'm going to tell you something. Some of us is in a place right now today. Somebody say, I give you a million dollars if you come over here on my side. And the only thing you got to do for 30 days is live like I'm living. Some of y'all say, God gave me grace. He already done forgave me because he knew I was going to take this money. And pastor, I'm going to give you a cut. No, you ain't, because I already know what's going on. You cut right on up out of here. If that's what you're going to do, I ain't going to be a part of it. Now, if you go do it and God ain't revealed it to me, I'm going to bless that money like I do every Sunday. <laughs> I'm going to bless it real good. Real good. And if God tried to tell me, I'm like, ooh, don't want to hear that. No, I ain't going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to hear the Spirit, what the Spirit is telling me. But I'm, I'm going to close. Jesus, after he went through the temptation, y'all, that's when he started preaching. He said, repent, for the kingdom of God is near you, has come. Repent. He said, have a change of heart. Have a change of mind. Think differently. The only way you can get rid of you is thinking differently, thinking according to the kingdom. So Jesus began to present the kingdom and how the kingdom operated. Then guess what he did? He saw some fishermen. Now when the kingdom is operating the way it need to be, and you preaching and proclaiming the kingdom and signs and wonders and all of this is following the kingdom. When Jesus started preaching that and he met these fishermen, guess what he said? Follow me and I'll make you fishermen of men. So guess what he was saying? Be my disciple. Be a follower of Jesus. They left immediately. They gave up their jobs. Then he went on and he found some more. They left their jobs and followed him. Why was there such a quick response? Because they received the kingdom. They received what Jesus was bringing. They left themselves out. Then he began to talk to them. In Luke 9, it says, 9.23, you got to deny yourself. You got to lose interest in yourself. You got to disown yourself and take up the cross and follow me. Some of us haven't gotten there yet. 
Because when you lose interest of yourself, it ain't hard to give. It ain't hard to love. It ain't hard to do nothing according to the word. Because you say it ain't about me. Whatever God say, I'm going to do it. Yes, Lord. It ain't about me being lonely. It ain't about me not having a woman. It ain't about me not having a man. It's about what God wants for my life. Quit being hunters of relationships. Mm-hmm. People got their list of what kind of man they want. Got it written down. Did God tell you that? Or is that something you just drummed up yourself? You can get the worst devil in your house, and now you're begging God to t- take him out. So wait on the Lord. Get rid of you so you can hear what God is saying for you today. And praise and worship will help you get rid of you. Whatever you put before God, that is your idol. And you could be the number one idol that you need to get rid of. And the only way you can do it is through the word of God. Get into the word. Know who you are. And you will get rid of you. And you will begin to manifest what God will have you to manifest. And it won't be flesh. It will be him. Amen. We know no man by the flesh, y'all. No man should be known by the flesh because we're part of the kingdom of God. Look at your neighbor and say, get past you. Say, get past you. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. God is a good God, isn't he? Can we have the announcements to come up at this time? And Quana, can you come up and tell them where we are as far as hardcore?